Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 281 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Peter chapter 1 today and our focus is on if God protects us, will we still suffer in trials plus called to love each other, not to snark each other. So we get into God's Word daily. This is a daily podcast where we go through at least one chapter of the Bible a day, seeking to understand it and live it. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Lebanon, Bahrain, parts unknown China, and parts unknown Russia, Rio Branco, Brazil, Kerala, India, parts unknown Finland and Norway, Alberta, Canada, Quebec, Canada, Quincy, Illinois, Decatur, Alabama, Bloomington, Illinois, Honolulu, Hawaii, and Elmira, New York. Our goal is to get as many people as possible daily listening to and understanding the words, so please tell a friend or neighbor about the show, and when you do, tell them about our website too, where they can get a transcript of every episode and they can contact us with uh, questions or comments or show topics. The website is Bible2021, that's Bible2021.com. Back in the New Testament today, and we begin almost two weeks of focus on the letters of 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1 is rich, absolutely loaded with deep theological truths, and maybe one of the denser chapters in the entire New Testament. We can't focus on all of those glorious truths, so today we're going to have to just settle for a couple. First, let's talk about the call to love each other. Right before I began working on this podcast episode, I was browsing uh, social media, which is, of course, a dangerous activity, and I came across the post of a Christian leader who uh, apparently tends toward the progressive side of Christianity. And he had posted uh, a series of posts on social media that he thought were amazing, that he really liked. And 75% of them were sarcastic attacks on uh, less progressive Christians, evangelicals, biblical Christians, whatever you want to call them. Now, those sarcastic posts were making points that probably do need to be heard, but they were made with such a heaping helping of snide snark, it made them come across as mean-spirited rather than corrective, probably ultimately more harmful than helpful. They will resonate with people who already fully agree with them, but they're going to repel those who probably need to hear the truth that underlied the snark. Now, sometimes we Christians can be just as tribal as any other group getting along fine with those who agree with us, and firing various kinds of verbal arrows at those who don't. Look, whatever spectrum of Christianity you're on, this is not the kind of love we are called to. Instead, Peter places our call to love each other in the context of the gospel. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 23 says, If you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another 
earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Look, verse 22 is deep. Loving each other with unfeigned or sincere, as the CSB says, brotherly love, should ultimately lead to earnest loving of, of one another. Now, both words that are there describe, that describe the kind of love we're to have are pretty important. First, Peter is focused on brotherly love that is sincere and unfaked for each other. He says that this kind of love is purifying. That love, the philadelphos love, the Greek word from philadelphos, it means brotherly love. It refers to uh, like the warm love that friends and brothers or sisters have for each other. And it must be sincere, says Peter. And the word that he uses there for sincere is the word hupokrinomai, and it comes from a word that means acting or pretending. In other words, Peter is calling us to an unpretended, unacted, unfaked, a genuine love for each other. Then he calls us to uh, like a progression, uh, it seems, from Philadelphos brotherly love that is unfaked and unacted to a agape love that is ectinos. Uh, ectinos is like a Greek adverb. It means, uh, on the surface, it means intense, but the literal meaning comes from a word that means like to be stretched out, like straining yourself to love and help somebody. That's kind of the idea. Now, we tend to make more of the difference between Philadelphos love and agape love relative to what the Bible does, but I think there is a progression here, and it's more along the lines of moving from genuine, sincere, unfaked, and warm love for each other into something more intense and a stretching, straining, seeking kind of love. Our love for each other should not look snarky or attacking or critical. It should not look like we barely tolerate each other. It should look unfaked and intense, causing us to stretch ourselves out on behalf of others. Second topic, will Christians of great faith and deeds that are under God's protection avoid the consequences of painful trials? Put another way, is there a place you can get to in maturity and faith where you can simply step over trials or just go through them because God's protection will leave you unscathed in a human sense? Well, I don't think so. And Peter is going to tell us why in the first few verses of this passage. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the texted, tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, let's parse out that little section of scripture. Peter is saying here, I think, that God has caused his people to be born again to a living hope. 
He is the author and perfecter of salvation, as we see in Hebrews, the beginner and the finisher. Further, the hope of that salvation is being kept for those who are being saved, and they, in turn, are being guarded by God through faith while they await that ultimate salvation in heaven. Now, this should cause us to rejoice and be pumped, says Peter, right before pointing out that the Christians that he's writing to have been grieved by various trials, not one trial, several, a bunch. Not a trial that doesn't leave an impact either, but a grievous trial. Yeah, but hang on, Peter. I thought you said that these Christians were being guarded by God through faith. Why are painful and grievous trials coming onto people that God is protecting? It doesn't make any sense. And the answer, Peter tells us, is that these trials are good. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not good to go through. They hurt. They grieve us. They are difficult as all get out sometimes, but they come along to refine and strengthen our faith so that our lives might praise God and give him glory and honor at the return of Jesus. No trials for us probably means no refining for us, and no refining means that we will be dull, impure, unshiny, and immature. Trials are horrible to go through. I don't want to minimize that at all. I'm not saying I like them, but we see in God's word that God works his good through them. And this is not going to be the last time we hit this theme in 1 Peter. We will return to it very shortly, for instance, in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, which says, Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. So my friends, if you're going through it right now, if you're going through a trial, it does not mean that God isn't protecting you. He is indeed protecting you. If you are his, your hope is secure in heaven. Though now, for a little while, You must suffer through a grievous trial. I'm not saying it will be easy. In fact, it's probably going to be hard. But one day, in light of eternity, you will be able to look back and see the goodness of God's hand in the midst of this trial. Well, let's read this passage where Peter is going to say it better than I can. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 in the English Standard Version. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ." Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through 
through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you with the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God." having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Amen. Well, let's close up with some more good news. A command that's the passage we are memorizing this month from 1 John 4, 7 through 8. It is a call to love each other. And in it, John says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.